Well, hey there, beautiful manifesting mums. Welcome to this very special episode of the Manifesting Mum Podcast. You are here not only with me, Gemma Bernard, the host of the Manifesting Mum Podcast, but I have the beautiful Jessica Gray on the podcast with us today. Now, Jess has actually been on the podcast before. I had her for an interview with Liz Gallagher quite a few episodes ago, but this one is a solo. It's just her and me, and we're just going to riff and talk about motherhood, parenting, alignment. I don't know. The conversation is just going to go where the conversation goes, which are my most favorite conversations at all. But if you have not come across Jess before, she's the host of the Aligned AF podcast, which I love, by the way. And I was just a guest on too, so go check that episode out. Um, But Jess is helping mums ditch disempowering stories and align their values and beliefs with the way they want to live, love, parent and be let me take an exhale on that for a second how good does that like i'm so excited to get into this to chat about these disempowering stories because we all have them and i know you're going to help so many people to really understand that and really be able to step into being the person the mother the wife the whatever that they want to be so jess welcome back to the podcast you and me let's talk baby Oh my gosh, what an intro. I'm so excited to be here. I don't know what to say now because I feel yeah. like you've, you've said everything. You don't have to say anything. <laughs> it would be an interesting episode if it's just me talking, although my community is used to that. But I know you've got so much value to bring. But for those that um, don't know, the connection that Jess and I have is that we both did Jim Fortin's Transformational Coaching Program uh, last year in, so last year, for those that probably don't realize that's 2018. What was it? It was their fall. So what does that October. make? like October god can you believe it's been that long ago tell me like let's actually go there first like I had not intended on asking you this question but let me ask you how much has your life changed since doing that program I don't even know where to start (laughs) the ripple of that Mm. is still it's still going it's you know you know that you've done something really transformative when what is it what are we now so 13 months later it's still having such a great impact on your life, on your family, on everything. And so, yeah, it's changed my life in so many ways. And I feel like it was a catalyst for a lot of other things as well. It opened my eyes to different things. And it might've been a message that I'd heard before from other people or read or whatever it might be, but the way that Jim put everything together in that program and the beautiful community that we had when we were going through it, Mm. it just transformed, not to mention the beautiful friendships that have come out of it from people all over the world. And then you and I separated by state. Uh, So yeah. How about you? How did your life change after that one? Yeah. I'm probably the same as you, Jess, like putting words into it is, it doesn't even do it justice. Like it's hard to express. I mean, and it has had a profound ripple effect. I mean, it's allowed me to create the business that I've created. It's allowed me to go on and serve other people and to teach them and empower them and help them transform their lives too. But internally, like it's just, to be able to let go of so much of the suffering that I experienced for so much of my life, to be able to really see that and really feel that and then learn how to change the story and to let it go is something that will just continue to have a profound effect on me, I think, for the rest of my life. Like it's just there, like it's the foundational life skills. Like really, this is, in my opinion anyway, this is the type of stuff that we should be teaching our kids in schools. Like. This and the separation of like emotion from, I think that was probably, and, and this took a while to, to really land. Like I heard Jim say it and I went, oh, yep. And I wrote the note down and, you know, I thought it was important, but I don't even know when it actually really landed, but that whole, oh, I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not angry. I'm just having those emotions. Like the separation of the, of the emotion from who I am, who yeah. my being is. And I knew that. Like I knew that and I'd read that before, Jim, even, but I wasn't, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. the experience of it. Like you can intellectually understand the concept, but the actual experience of that moment where you allow yourself to go, oh my God, I'm not that thought. I'm not that feeling is incredible. And it's interesting that you talk about that because I've like taken a lot of that stuff and I feel like I've taken it to the next level to kind of go, okay, well, I'm not the feeling, but like I'm, you know, I'm having a happy thought. I'm having a happy moment. It's actually allowed me to realize that I'm the source of that. So I now like, 
I was even as I was meditating this morning, um, I was using my meditation beads and like, you know, sometimes we say, you know, you might say, I'm so, I'm grateful, I'm happy. Like, you know, have those basic meditations and I realized, or like I'm abundant, which is a big one. And I'm like, no, I'm not abundant. I'm abundance. I'm happiness. Like I'm gratitude. Like I'm the source of that. Like that's me. Like I kind of feel like, you know, what Jim taught laid that foundation for me anyway to like internally connect with, no, I'm not my feelings, but I'm the source of that. And that has been a very powerful place to me for me to operate and live by. Yeah. I love that. That is really powerful. Mm, it feels it too. But anyway, I actually, do you know what? I want to ask you something else about Jim's program. Cause I reckon this is going to lead us into a little bit about your own journey, but what is it? If you don't mind me asking, I'd love to know what is it that made you sign up for Jim's program? Like, what is it that led you to that point where you were like transformation? I need that. You know what? It was that, that my, my first introduction into Jim was that episode that he did on uh, James Wedmore's yeah. Mind Your Business podcast. I think for all of us, uh, that's how we found Jim Fortin. Yeah. And I remember listening to that and I remember what I was doing. The baby, my baby who's now two, he was really, how old would he have been? Um, like maybe six months old. So yeah. I was really in the throes of, you know, I had a three-year-old, a two-year-old and a six-month-old and like life was feeling really heavy. And I was making my bed at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon because that's what you do. You either make it at that time or it doesn't get done with that many kids. And I remember listening to it and I stopped what I was doing. And I remember standing underneath the air conditioner and I was like, oh my God, I, how do I find more out about this man? And I went and found him and he wasn't really on Instagram or anything then. Um, and I joined his free Facebook group and there was nothing really in there either. And I listened to that episode a few times. And then when I saw that he was um, like releasing TCP, it was actually the day that I signed up was the day that my baby turned one. Mm. And it just felt really, because last year my word for the year was growth. And I remember thinking, and I think it was a full moon then too. <laughs> I've got to think about the moon. Yeah. And I remember thinking the baby's one, like just, it, you know, it, the breastfeeding has slowed down and the older two are a little bit older and it's time for you to give back to yourself. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I remember hearing someone say once, you can always tell what you value by what you spend money on. And for me, it has oh, been yeah. personal growth. And I just, that was it. I talked to my husband about it and he's very like, you know, he's like, he's very, if, if you think that's what you want, <laughs> you know, like he yeah. was really supportive, not really understanding at all because it's, it's, you know, it's, I guess it's more my world, this sort of thing, but he was really supportive as he, as he is. And I signed up and that was the beginning. It felt, it felt like the beginning of a lot of things. And also the ending of that, that um, it was actually the summer solstice, I think as well. And it was like the ending of that early, oh, like under the pressure, baby, like that, you know, oh, a baby and two toddlers. And then the beginning yeah. of me and my business changed um, during Jim's program as well. It was, yeah. So it was just a really beautiful cycle. Uh, and I think that's why it had such a profound impact. Like everyone that takes his program is not going to feel the way that we feel. And that's a choice. And mm -hmm. we chose to uh, apply that. And for me, it was, it was huge. Like the, the ripple effect, as I said before, is still going. Mm. So yeah, yeah, long answer, but... <laughs> See, no, 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 it's incredible. Like, let's talk about alignment though, because you've got a podcast called Aligned AF. So like, it's fair to assume that alignment is something that you kind of build the foundation of what your message and how you help people. Now you asked me this on your podcast. I'm going to ask the same question of you. Like, what is alignment? So for me, I've spent a lot of time journaling and thinking about this because I feel like it, it doesn't feel the same for all of us. And it doesn't always look beautiful and roses alignment. But for me, I just I distilled it into what the emotion feels like in my body. And for me, it's when I'm feeling slightly uncomfortable, yet really, really expansive. So it might be when I'm birthing something, like when you're birthing a project or your baby or whatever you might be doing, or you're having a hard, you know, anything. I'm not even going to go down the list of things, but it, it's that how that emotion feels in my body. The expansiveness knows it's, it's me knowing that I'm, I'm on the right track. I'm doing, I'm doing what feels really good for me right now, whether it's a hard thing or an easy thing. And then the slightly uncomfortable means, oh, I'm, I'm pushing myself into a growth space because the opposite of expansive is contraction. And when we know that emotion in our body, then we know that that's not alignment. 
and I always talk about as well because I don't want anyone to ever get the idea that they should be in alignment all the time or that that's something we should be striving for. We live in a universe of polarity, so there's always going to be contrast. But when we know what alignment feels like, when we're swinging in and out of it, that pendulum every single day doing you know, the mum thing or the wife thing or the friend thing or all of the things, when we know what that, that good, good feeling place is for us and how it feels for us, then we know how to get back there and we know that it's, it's always going to be moving. It's the pendulum. It's always it's going always to be moving. moving. And I love that you brought that up. I love that you shared that um, perspective on it too because um, I think it is very easy to be lulled into this false sense of belief that like you have to be in alignment all of the time. And it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's an impossibility. Like it's an absolute, I believe anyway, it's an absolute impossibility and trying to force yourself into that space is just setting yourself up for, you know, real disappointment and, you know, even more struggle as well. So, I mean, you work with mums, particularly around alignment as well. So what do you see then to be some of the most common struggles that mums experience in that swing away from being in alignment with what they want? Well, I think for mums, we don't even know what alignment feels like for us because we're still adjusting with being a mum and a wife and all of these new labels, if you will, that we've put on ourselves. Because one of the, uh, one of the main focus areas I work on with mums as well as alignment is identity. Because after we become a mum, we don't know who we are and we, and this might not be the case for every mum, but for the, the women that I work with anyway, we've we've left the old woman behind and we've stepped into this new space of looking after this bundle of joy that we love so much, but we don't know who we became in the process. And so how can we find alignment in, and, and I've talked about this a lot as well, the four areas that I focus on and I call it the aligned quadrant and it's who we're being. So who we're being internally, how we're living, which is external, our relationships and our parenting. So, and, and I find that with the women that I work with and myself included, everything fits into one of those quadrants, one of those pieces of the pie. And if we don't know who we're being at the center in the middle of that quadrant, then none of the other areas are going to make sense. We're not going to feel in alignment in our relationship because our, our partner doesn't understand us anymore because, and again, I'm speaking from experience here and the women that I've worked with we're not on the same wavelength because our, our, we've devoted so much time to this little person and their, their expectations of us are different to where we're, we're at at that time. Mm-hmm. And same as with who we're being on the inside, we're not doing anything to look after ourselves on the, in, on the inside, you know, the self-care things. And I'm not talking about baths or manicures. I'm talking about the real, even just having a, a sleep, <laughs> having a, enough rest of a day. That's something that we're doing to look after ourselves. And we might not be doing that. And then parenting, we don't know what kind of parent we want to be. We just might know who we don't want to be in the, the like upbringing that we've had. And I'm missing one. No, I think that was all four of them. So when I'm talking about alignment with mums, we first start with who, who they are and who they think they are and who they want to be. And then we look at the, the, other, the four quadrants of the aligned pie and we go out from there. Is this making sense, Gemma? Am I confusing you? No, you're not confusing me at all. Um, And even if like other people are listening to this confused, I think the one thing that I want to highlight that's really stood out for me is that you talk when you talk about your aligned quadrant that you use, is that the first thing that you focus on is not their relationship, is not their parenting, is not their external life. It's them. Like, who are we being? Because as I see it, and I love your thoughts on this, like everything extends from that. Everything flows from that. But what I see is this real um, tug of war internal battle. Like we so often want to avoid doing that work. It's like, I'm going to fix my relationship. I'm going to fix my parenting. Like I want to fix what's going on in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to look at myself. Like I just want to fix the external experience because that's what's going to make me feel better. But the work that you do seems very much geared to like, let's go to the source. Yeah. And I love that you said that because we are living in a society that values on how we're thinking. So we're reading everywhere or hearing from people that do X, Y, Z, to bring back the connection in your relationship, do this to raise children that, you know, 
the way that you want them to be instead of going in first and, and connecting with the emotion of who we are and what we want to be feeling in those areas. Because, and I, I say this, probably my clients just are so sick of me saying this, but we need to drop out of our head and into our heart and start there first because that's the emotion. That's, that's who we're being on the inside. A lot of what we're thinking, and you know this, Gemma, is that the brain that we've, we've all got is, you know, I couldn't even tell you how many thousands of years old and it's fight or flight. So we're not going to be coming from that heart space on who we're being. We're going to be going, well, what do I need to do first? Like, what can I do to fix this or make this better or get out of this situation or whatever outcome we're trying to get. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause I love that. I love that. I like, cause it's, a, that's been a journey for me. Like I was a chronic overthinker. So obviously someone that lived with depression and anxiety for so many years, like that's a telltale sign. Like you just in your head so much. So for me, the journey of getting out of my head and into my heart has been a real push pull experience um but i'd love to hear like how i want to ask this question because i think it's going to help but how does one go from getting out of their head and into their heart it sounds so easy doesn't it out, get out of your head and into your heart like we see it on the on the instagrams and all the places yeah like I just watched i I'm, I'm following this guy at the moment over in the states who does a, like He's not directly saying those words, but a lot of, like for him, it's a lot of that. Like he's talking a lot about, you know, just being and very Eckhart Tolle, which I fucking love. Like I love that stuff. But I'm telling you a couple of years ago, listening to him, I would have been like, what is this guy smoking? Like this is incredible. Like this is so weird, this stuff. But now having experienced what it, like the, and do you know what, Jess, like I'll be honest with you, it actually brings tears to my eyes. So like that, like to the freedom that resides in getting out of your head and into your heart is true freedom. Like, so that's why I want to talk to you about it. Cause I just think like, it's a gift I've given myself. So like, how do, like, yeah, like we can all see you go, get right, get out of your head, into your heart. And everyone else is like, yeah, it sounds great. Oh, yeah, I'm in my heart. And then they go into their real life and they go, fuck. Okay, sounds great. I'm gonna Google. They're gonna go to YouTube and they're gonna Google how to get out of my head and into my heart. Like, (laughs) oh, I'm laughing because I've done that. (laughs) Seriously, you should see my search engine on here. You'd be some crazy shit comes up, and that would absolutely be one of them. So, what do you think? Like, what do you? What are maybe some of the practices? You know, what what can someone do even just to kind of get a glimpse of what that feels like? So, I have so many different ways that I can take this because it different things work for everyone. And I love that you said that you were a chronic overthinker because I was too. And that's, I I truly believe that we're put here to teach what we we needed to learn the most Mm -hmm. ourselves. And I've always been an overthinker and I'm now a recovering perfectionist and also not an overthinker most of the time. Um, But when it comes to that, there's, so I'm going to, I'll say a few things about it and I'll start with um, the masculine and the feminine. And I don't know if this is something that you've talked about much on your podcast, not but in the beginning, because I think this is going to be very beneficial. All right. So I am not, um, an expert by this in this by any means, but I oh, well, you know what I use it in my own life and I use it in my coaching. So I feel like I can give a, a bit of a, a broad enough description for everyone listening. Yep. We've all got these energies within us, the polarity of the masculine, the masculine and the feminine. And in our relationships, there's going to be one person that is more in their masculine and more in their feminine. We need that polarity to have a thriving relationship. If you've got two people in their feminine, you're going to be vegging out on the couch to Netflix and a movie. And if you've got two people in their masculine, that pointy, hard energy, you know, that direct focus that just got to get things done and they're very very focused is probably the one descriptive word I can use for masculine. And then feminine, the descriptive word I can use is flowy. Mm. Just go with the flow. So if you've got two people in their masculine, you can even envisage, envisage, oh my gosh, my words today. You can, you can see in your mind's eye that they're going to be at it with each other. They're going to be arguing or it's going to be very high emotion, high tension. So when I'm talking about getting out of our head and back into our heart. I'll bring that up a lot with my clients because as mums, we are so much in our masculine during the day when we're raising our babies or we're getting stuff done with, with work or, you know, 
mm. running a household, being a taxi service, swimming lessons, walking the dog, all of the things. All the if we doing, weren't in our- like all the constant doing. Like Exactly. I'm glad you said that because my main, I should have said this in the beginning, but for me, masculine is the doing and feminine is the being. Mm. And so when we're doing that, we're in our masculine, we're not in our heart space. And for most women, we are predominantly the feminine energy. Like that's our stronger energy. We all have both of the energies within us, but there's going to be one that's stronger. And when I realized this, not only did it change myself, it changed my relationship with my husband. It changed the way that I showed up to my children. And I use this in every area of my life now, in my business, in everything. So when I'm feeling like I'm too much in my head and you can feel it, you, you feel mm. tense and tight and oh. contracted, I, it's overwhelming. I do. It's over. Like, I think also it's like when you're feeling like when you're in that space of overwhelm, when you're in that space of exhaustion as well, like for me, I know that that's, that is, a, I'm in that space because I've been too much in my masculine energy. Yeah. And then you get back into your feminine and you can find what works for you, but it could be dancing around with your kids. Like that's something that really relaxes me. One of my favorite ones is having a shower. It just instantly you know, you're naked, you're vulnerable, you're, you're on this planet the way that you arrived and you've just got the white noise of, uh, of the shower and that drops me back into my feminine. My monkey brain stops, I've got the white noise and I, can, I feel in my heart space. It could be journaling, it could be meditation, getting out into nature, anything, you, you'll, you'll know what feels good for you and you can, I don't, don't even want to say this now, but you can Google or YouTube ways to get into your feminine. But I've listed a few off just here. And when, when you're in your feminine, if you just imagine that feminine is that flowing energy and masculine is that container. So I use this analogy for myself a lot. When we're in our masculine, we're in that container and we're trying to get things done or we're directing children around or we're running the household. And when we want to get into that feminine flowy energy, we want to drop out of our head and into our heart and just feel with our body. Mm. We want to feel and Dancing and movement is is a is a big one for me. Or getting out into nature, there, you know, you can you can feel it with your body. What I'm one thing I'm picking up, and I wonder what you think about this, is that like the feminine that into that heart space is so geared around being in the present moment. Like just like you said, the things you said, like meditating, journaling, going for a walk, having fun with your kids, like jumping around, having fun with your kids, having a shower. Not like you're not in the doing space. You're in this, I'm just going to be present in this moment and just be. And like, I can completely relate to everything you're saying because I have just been in a period in my life, in my business where it's been a very, very strong masculine energy. And now that we're talking about this today, because the last couple of weeks, like I've just been like, I, I'm the, I need to tap out. Like I need to tap out. I need to reconnect. I need to be off. And I've really reconnected with a deeper level of meditation, particularly over the last couple of days. And now I'm realizing that what that is, that is me reconnecting in with that feminine energy. And it feels so good. Like it it just feels so good because there is like, like when we're, and I am someone I have to say that is more predominantly and being an overthinker too, more predominantly in that masculine energy. Like I've really been in that most of my life. So it's been an undoing and an unlearning for me to know it's safe for me to let go of always doing, of always striving, of always achieving and just to be. And I'm like going off another change because I'm relating this so much to me and my life. And that is like, I think what I want to get across, like that feminine energy of being is not that you're not doing anything. It's I feel like it's just this letting go. It's just this like, I'm going to be present. Yeah, I'm going to do things. Yes, I'm going to like, you know, show up. Um, Like if I'm talking in the context of a business, like I'm going to show up my business. I'm going to be doing things in my business. I'm going to be helping people. But I'm just going to be with it. Like I'm just going to be very present with it. And I'm not going to make it so results orientated, so achievement based, so striving for. I'm just going to just create and just trust in my feminine to create. Because as I said to a client who, well, I've got a client who's actually pregnant and we we're talking about this. I'm like, you don't question your ability to create a baby. Like why are you questioning your ability to create a successful business? Like we have the power to create whatever we want without actually having to do anything. Like seriously, it's amazing. Yes. Isn't it? yes. And 
with what you just said, you know, when you're working in your business, you're in your masculine, but you need those moments during your day. And you've probably felt this because I know I have you're in front of your computer and you are so in it and you need to pull back and that's when you need to find that feminine. So it could be having a bit of chocolate on the, on your desk, like for you, that's, that's a feminine. You're that slow, beautiful, gentle eating of a chocolate, not shoveling it in, but being really intentional with it. That's connecting back with your feminine. And I wanted to mention this before, but I forgot if you are wanting to drop out of your head and into your heart, one of my favorite ways to do it is my breath. Yes. My breath. And I do a three box the box breath with the count of three. So it's three in, hold, out for three, and then hold and do that three times. And that drops me out of my head and into my heart. Yes. And it's, so that's something that's super, and I can do it in the car. I can do it anywhere. So if you're new to, um, and that saying, and you don't know what you can do to, to get out of your head into your heart, that's a beautiful place to start. Yeah. Um, that's great. I'm so glad you talked about the breath because that's been a that's been a huge catalyst for change for me. Like I use my yoga practice predominantly to really, and I've got the most phenomenal yoga teacher who's just fucking incredible, and she is a bit of a drill sergeant in some time. Like, and I use that with love and compassion when it comes to breath. But there's a reason for that, and because it does get you out of your head and into this feeling of the movement and the being in the present and being with the whatever it is that you're experiencing right now, instead of trying to like do out of it, like I'm going to try and move out of it. Like the breath really does just allow you to be in that, which is such a much more, as you say, feminine energy. Yeah. And yoga itself is such a masculine like practice. And then the breath and the meditation is the, is the feminine Mm. side of that. So it's such a beautiful, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like inter interwining of both of the energies yoga Um, And I love what you said before about being safe because that's what the feminine needs. And we were talking about this before we jumped on today that with with us having the energies within us, the feminine needs safety. So whether it's with ourselves or whether it's in our relationship, we can't fully show up and be the free flowing, beautiful energy of the feminine if if we're not feeling safe in in all areas of our life. And that's such a a big subject, but it's such a... It is a, like it, it is. I'm glad you've mentioned it. Unfortunately, we, we like the capacity for us to go into that conversation. That is like, that's like a multiple hour discussion because safety. If, like I talk about this. I was talking to some of my members inside one of my communities about trust trauma and how a lot of us have trust trauma. But a lot of that trust trauma is actually exacerbated and perpetuated by the lack of trust we have with ourselves. The fact that we don't actually feel safe with ourselves and a lot of that stems from a lot of what we've experienced like most of that extends from what we've experienced in childhood but that um that necessity that we have to feel safe within ourselves i think is such a valuable journey to go on it's for me been uncomfortable and like very uncomfortable but it's one that's unfolding as we speak to be honest with you but it's really just another layer of something that's so powerful and it plays into our own parenting as well as we're raising our own children and we need to be aware of that with the energies of how we're cultivating that for our children because there's so much in their feminine until you know eight or nine or ten and they're that beautiful, free-flowing feminine energy. And we can all see it in our little kids. So we need to be that safe container of the masculine energy for them to flourish. So I just, I love talking about the energies because it applies to everything. It's, it's yeah, it, it applies to the... It's like your quadrant, like as you say, it really does. Like when you focus on what it is that you're experiencing within yourself, that just has a complete flow on effect to everything that you're experiencing in life too. And it is, I think, you know, just like as mums too... We put so much pressure on ourselves to like be the best mum, to be the perfect mum, like to be the saviour, like to make sure. And this is something that I say, I'm interested to talk to you about this too um, and what your perspective and your experience is. But as I teach in my programs with my clients about, you know, the belief systems that they hold and how that's playing out, one of the, every time I get asked the question, how do we not pass this on to our kids? Like, how do we stop our kids from experiencing this? So I want to, I know what my answer is that I give to my students. I'd love to hear, like, if you're given that question, like you've got a client you're working with who's uncovering all these stories. They realize it's come from their childhood. It's come from an experience, whether that is what I call a big, big trauma or a little trauma. 
and they've got these belief systems, they've got these stories that are playing out in their life and they go, oh my God, I'm a mum. Like, what if I pass this on to my kids? Like, what am I doing to my kids? How do you help someone with that? Oh, I love this subject because it's just, it shows up for us every single day as mums. We find ourselves saying, oh crap, my dad used to do that or my mum used to say this or whatever it might be. And we know we don't like it and we're just doing it. And I've shared before that one of the little ones for me, that's not even a trauma. It's just something that I, I, I anchor myself to this because then I know how deep these stories and beliefs go. We're not a religious family, but I always said, bless you as I was growing up and mm. someone sneezed. And as I've gotten older, I've gone, why do I say bless you? Like, I do not believe, you know, the stories I was told when I was younger about how a devil's going to come if you don't, you know, when you're, when you're a young child, you might've yeah. heard that. Yeah. So I said, why do I say that? And now every 20 sneezes, I'll find myself still going to say it. And I had this discussion with my brother and I just, I find it so funny that it's so ingrained. And when you find a little story like that, that you are still holding on to, then you know that there's so many bigger ones there that um, are under the surface and they'll, they'll come out. So back to your question about what I do when people come to me with, you know, a big trauma or a little trauma and how do we, you, they don't want to pass this on to their kids. How can they, how can they stop this? Well, I always say the first step is the awareness. How incredible of you that you're doing this work. It's like, it's hard enough being a mom without beating ourselves up about all the things that we don't want to pass on to our kids. Mm. And then I remind them that our kids are going to have to deal with their shit when they get older anyway. It doesn't matter what we do now. We can only do the best that we can. They're still going to need someone, a coach, a therapist, whatever, because we, we all interpret the world differently. The way that we're seeing a situation is different to someone else. And we need that as mums. We need that reassurance that whatever we're doing, it's going to be enough. And they're still going to need support when they get older. So we, we always start there because you can't, forgive these stories and complete them unless you've forgiven yourself first for whatever might be coming through. And then the way that we work through it is forgiveness and the completion of the story, whatever it might be. And that can look many different ways, depending on how, how big or deep it might be, but it's the rewiring of the story and rewriting a new story so that it doesn't have to look the way that it looked to you at five or seven and then the 30-year-old you comes along and you're like, oh, this is not the way that I saw it as a child. So that's a bit of a broad answer because I'm not sure exactly what, what, you know, what areas we might be talking about. But yeah, that, that would be my very general <laughs> broad yeah, answer. Yeah, no, I think you, like, you, we give a similar advice and particularly around this concept because, as I said, like I hear it a lot, like, oh, my God, like I don't want my kids to experience this. I don't want... and. Um, I think like we just allowing our kids to show up in life and be who they want to be. And they get, they are going to have their stories. They are going to have their interpretations. They are going to have their own life experience. And there's so much fear around that for us. I think there's all this fear, like, oh, you know, I don't want my kids to go through this and I don't want them to experience that. But the truth of the matter is we have no control. Like we have no control whatsoever and focusing energy and attention on trying to like prevent your kids from experiencing life to its fullest, which by the way, means the good and the bad and the ugly and everything in between. I think we're actually doing our, our kids disservice when we do that. Like, but I, it comes from such a deep place of love. Like it really does. It's like, I don't want, cause like, I don't want my kids to hurt. Like I know that my God, when my kids hurt, my, I just feel like my heart is being ripped out of my chest, but I realize that's my shit. That's not my child's. And that's exactly the thing. Like it's never about the child. It's about our inner child. And that's, that's what we're needing to complete and forgive and let go of and let it be what it, what it is. Because if we didn't have those experiences, then we wouldn't be who we are now. And I'm so grateful for everything that I experienced. And I also want to let that go and, and be in my, let it be in my past. And there are always things that continue to pop up when you're parenting because you see your own childhood play out again. So that's a blessing. And then we get to forgive again, all of those things that we see come up or the memories that come along. Um, so I see that as a blessing and I, it's, I, I feel like it's always there. Like the work is always there and even calling up work is a bit heavy, but it's just, the stories are always there. And yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It's just our ability to even, like, I mean, I think there's just so much power in our ability to even see that it's a story in the first place. 
But the yes. moment that like, I think the moment that you can, because for most people and you've experienced too, it's they truth. can't, it's, yeah, it's truth. It's fact. Mm -hmm. It's not even yeah. truth. It's like, it's fact. It's factual. This yeah. is <laughs> that shift from, oh my God, it's not fact. That's just a story I'm telling myself. Oh. And does so much for so many people. And I truly believe arming yourself with those skills to be able to do that for yourself is what is going to really allow you to be that foundational um, evolutionary path for your children. Like if you've got that skill to be able to see the story that's playing out and then to be able to teach that to your children, I mean, that to me is the ultimate, that to me anyway, is like the ultimate in parenting. That's the gift I believe when I work on my shit, when I do my work, you know, when I lean into the stories that are so uncomfortable and so painful and I see them and I, you know, feel the shame and the guilt for holding on to them and I, you know, struggle and battle with the forgiveness and go through that discomfort, I realise that it's having not only a profound effect on my life, but the ripple effect and the flow-on effect to my children um, has the capacity to be of the most magnificent magnitude. And that's what keeps me a lot of the time in the painful work. Yeah. And it really is, it's easy to say that we all want to be, you know, great mothers and we, we want to be conscious parents and we want to do all of these beautiful things. But I think it starts before that. And that's why I, I work with mums on being themselves and not on being mums or being great parents or being great communicators with their children. It starts with who you are first, because it's like, you're just at the culmination of all of your stories that have led you to this point like that's all you are and the ones that are working for you you're not thinking about but the ones that aren't working for you are playing in your mind even subconscious most of the time they're subconscious and they're continuing to produce the outcomes and the results that you've got and that is influencing your ability to parent but instead of changing how we parent when we change who we are as women first then we are different mothers and we are different wives and we are different in our business or our job or friends or daughters or whatever it might be. So yeah, it just starts, like we said earlier, Gem, it starts with the, the inner, the being. And when we look us. at those stories, yeah. It all starts with us, doesn't it? Like it all starts with us. And that's, I think for a lot of people, quite confrontational because that's an, that's such a next level, like next level level of responsibility when you've got to go, I've got to go within now and I've got to deal with whatever it is within me and be responsible for how I'm being as opposed to trying to control this part of my life and that part of my life. And that well, I think can be quite kind of confrontational. Yeah. And I mean, I lived in the emotions of blame and resentment and anger. Like they were my default for the first couple of years of parenting. And it wasn't like I was a angry outwardly person. I was tired and I didn't yeah. feel like I had any support and I was on struggle street and resentment was like my, my emotional set point. I didn't feel good. So it's much easier to blame everyone else for why you're feeling bad and blame this is wrong with, you know, what happened with this child is, you know, like all of the extra things that you have to deal with as, as parents, it's much mm -hmm. easier to blame externally instead of going, well, this is all a gift. So how can I make sure that this is going to be something that we all get to experience in a different way because it's happening and I get to choose the story that I'm putting on it and I get to look at it differently and make it something really positive that we all get to come through together. And that was like the shift for me and it changed everything. And it makes me emotional talking about it because it's such a big. It is too, isn't it? And it is, a, as you say, it is a gift. And I, I want people to hear, like when we talk about it being a gift, I think what's really important is to understand the fact that it's a gift doesn't make it rosy. Like it doesn't mean that no. we're along dancing through this, dealing with our stuff going, this is amazing and parenting is great and la, 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 la. Like a lot of it's really uncomfortable. Like, as you say, like it brings up emotion for you because partly probably because it was incredibly painful to let go of that, but it was also liberating as well. Like there's probably a mixture of emotion with that experience. And you're allowed to feel bad. Like, I'm, I'm so sick of seeing everyone say you should feel good all the time. We, you know, we need the contrast of emotion. So if I didn't have, have those feelings of bad, I wouldn't be able to look back now and go, it was a gift. Like, I'm so glad that I'm on this side now. Mm. So it's, you can choose how long you want to sit in the bad emotion. Like that's where you have the choice. But I think that if we don't experience the bad, we don't get to fully feel the amazing spectrum of all those beautiful, good feelings. But isn't it true though, even that, 
good and bad emotions is just a story too. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I've been um, doing some meditating and learning. I think, I don't know if I just mentioned it before, if I mentioned it on your podcast, because we just recorded yours with this guy over in the States, Kyle Cease, his name is. He used to be a comedian. He now um, teaches a lot about um, just deeper levels of being and consciousness and awareness. And um, he, t- he does, he doesn't teach meditation. He, he like, he's, t- he, you know, teaches and shares that meditation is an integral part of the journey but he's got one guided meditation because he doesn't believe that meditation should be guided he believes it should be what you allowed to bring up and i just happened to listen to this last night and he encourages you to bring forth the and allow whatever emotion to come up to come up and then to fully feel it and to then even bring it closer. Like it's the actually the fear of the negative emotion that's actually making it a negative emotion. It's actually the resistance of the bad emotion and the story we have around that emotion being bad that's actually really dictating the experience we have when we feel bad, guilt, shame, depression, sadness, anger, fear. It's like, because at the end of the day, All it is, is energy moving through our body. It's the label and the story that we put on top of fear, being bad, don't want to feel it, it's stopping me from doing what I really want. That's actually causing us to experience that energy coursing through our body the way that we actually do. Yes. And I love that Brooke Castillo um, of the Life Coach School always shares, and it's always stayed with me, that the only thing that we're ever actually afraid of is an emotion. And that just puts everything into perspective for me because if I, if I am feeling worried or scared or nervous, yes. oh, it's just the emotion that I'm afraid of. It's not the actual thing because whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. Like it just is what it is. But I'm just scared of how I'm going to feel about it. And you're right. Like we, we put, and I, I use those good and bad labels in air quotations, but it's, yeah, it's, it's the emotion that we're afraid of and that's all there is to it. I know. But that's great, isn't it? Because how simple is that? Too simple. So, well, it's, it's too simple for I us. Know, but it, well, it is because we want it to be complex because yes. what we think we're feeling is complex emotions and what we think we're experiencing are complex problems. So if there's a complex emotion, a complex problem, there's got to be a complex solution. Yes. And do you know what the simple solution is? You already dropped it in here. Drop, take, get out of your head and drop down into your heart and feel it. Like, and that mean, that doesn't mean, and I think this is so great, that doesn't mean I'm going to drop out of my head and into my heart and I'm going to feel great. That's like just drop out of your head and feel into your heart and feel whatever's there and like be okay with it. Be like, oh, I'm feeling this thing that, you know, um, the world has called sadness. And what's the story I have about sadness? Like for me too, like this is a big story for me and something that I've struggled with because after my mum died, um, there wasn't a lot of space held for us to grieve and for us to experience emotion. And I have very vivid memories of my dad when I would cry years and years after, like even not even talking about my mum, but like just in general, I would have this emotion just pour out of me. And my dad would just say, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. So the story that I held on to was that feeling a negative emotion is not good. Like crying is not a good thing. Crying's not healthy. And there's something wrong with me. And it's funny because I actually caught myself because the last couple of weeks I've been going through this very reflective period, this very deep healing space. And I even caught myself saying to my husband on Sunday, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. And at the time I didn't realize, but it was only like a day or so later, I went, oh shit, there's that old story playing out. Like there's something I'm experiencing this emotion that isn't positive. So there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. And calling it, I don't know what's wrong with me means your brain's going to go, let's find something wrong with her. Let's find something wrong with her. Let's find something wrong with her. We're going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to fix it. I'm not allowed to feel this way. So like, you know, and that has such a flow on effect because I've even found like we have one of our twins who is like, like I'm using this language because people understand the concepts like he's more sensitive than some of the others. And I know that I have heard myself, like when I'm, I'm, I've got to my wits end, I'm like, man, I can't handle another hour of you crying and sucking at me and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, stop crying. And can you see the direct, like there's the story that I had and all that comes from the story that I got when I was young was because it was my dad's inability to deal with his emotions. He didn't want to be triggered by my crying to feel bad. So he was like, you stop crying. 
I want you to stop crying so that I don't feel bad. And here I am playing out that same story with my beautiful three-year-old innocent child who's just experiencing the emotions he's experiencing, but I don't have the capacity in that moment to handle it. So what do I do? You stop crying. Isn't it a beautiful thing being a parent and seeing all of this reflected back to us on what we, what we have, what we can look at and whether we choose to or not, what we can look at within ourselves. And yeah, most, I assume the, the listeners that you've got here where we are looking at it from that lens, we're going, Oh, this is a reflection of something I need to look at. And that's the triggers with our kids. And yeah, having three under five, it's, constant daily and I know just like you said I've got one of those beautiful little boys too who's a little bit more sensitive and when you want to get things done you find yourself feeling that way or saying it and then it's that oh this is actually about me I need to what's going on here this is about me he's expressing emotion so he can move through it whereas I'm sitting over here holding on to it and letting it like build up build up build up build up and not getting out out of my head and into my heart yeah and, feeling- and it is and I guess like if we want to talk about conscious parenting for just a moment, because I'm interested to understand your perspective on it, but to me, that's conscious parenting. Like conscious parenting is my ability to, even if it's not in the moment, even if it's after the moment, it's my ability to see that situation that's happening with my three-year-old, for instance, and go, this isn't about him. Like this is about me and like, my I'm awake like I'm awake to what's actually going on that's how I see conscious parenting what's what are you like when you talk about conscious parenting what is it for you yeah so for me it's very similar I believe that our kids are our mirrors the things that they trigger within us are things that we need to look at within ourselves and our kids picked us we, we, we picked each other we chose each other before we came here into this lifetime to help each other through so that we can evolve and when we're experiencing those moments with our children to be a conscious parent or a conscious mother is, as you just said, to go, hold on, what do I need to look at? And it might not always be in the moment. It might be afterwards. And for me, the easiest way that I've found to actually approach this in a tangible way during the day comes back to that feminine and masculine energy and where that masculine force for our children. So if they have that safe container to be who they are in, then we are just the container. Is that tangible? Does that make sense? If I, (laughs) and I think that this is, I think like any of these concepts too, just like, I think for anyone to expect that they can pick this stuff up straight away is unfair to themselves. Like if you've heard the term before and you don't quite get it, or you've heard it before and you're starting to get it, like it's all a journey of understanding. And like, we've given you our spin on what we believe it is, but the fact of the matter is it's completely up to each individual to work out what conscious parenting actually looks like, feels like, and shows up how it shows up in their life. Like, don't you think like it's kind of up to yeah. each person to work out? Like I can't, I don't I think either of us can be here, but I certainly can't be here saying to you, this is how manifesting is. This is what conscious parenting is. You do X, Y, Z, and you will be a conscious parent. I'm like, conscious parent is the concept of being present, awake and aware to what's really going on in a situation and seeing what's reflected back. Now you go work out how that looks for you in your life with love and support and compassion. And we've all got the different life experiences that have brought us here. So it's always going to look different to each of us. Like someone who's grown up in a different religion or different country to me, it's going to look and feel different to them. But I think when we, again, we're using this phrase a lot today, but when we get out of our head and into our heart about how it feels for us, then we know what feels really good. We know when we're feeling really nurturing and loving to our children. And we know when we, when we go to bed and we go, oh, I was a bit you know, I, I wasn't the mum that I 100% wanted to be today. And in that moment, we forgive ourselves, we love ourselves, and we go about the next day. But I think that mm. it's, it's how it feels for us because we've, we've all had our own parenting experience being the child, mm. whatever it looks like, whether, you know, whatever home we came from, but we've all been that child. So we're, that is going to have such an impact on our own parenting. Mm. Completely. It absolutely does, doesn't it? And I think, you know... At the end of the day, we really just, I think anyway, I want to tell people how to be, but I really think accepting that we're all just on this journey, we're all doing the best that we can and life is going to unfold how it's going to unfold and being open and present and awake and aware is just the gift that we can give to ourselves and each other and our children particularly too. 
Yeah. And I know for me, I had, it was, it changed for me after I had kids that I woke up a bit. I, I did. I woke up to myself more. I, I yeah, <laughs> it's such an intangible thing to say, but I just became a lot more aware. I became more self-aware and I hear people say, oh, I'm self-aware. And I just think for me, it's always a journey. And I think it is for everyone. There's always that next level of self-awareness. Mm. And we bring that to our parenting and we bring that to our business and our relationships and our friendships. And it's just the continue unravel, the continuing of the unraveling yeah. of the self-awareness. Yeah, completely agree. Love that. Well, this has been beautiful. I've loved every moment as well. And I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk about the getting out of your head and into your heart because I just think that unto itself, carrying that one isolated concept, like will just have the most profound flow on effect to every facet of your life. So I'm so glad that you shared that with everyone today. So I know people are going to want to connect with you after this episode. So where can they find you? Where can they learn more? Where can they start to really just lean into alignment and being in the heart space more with you? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. We've been trying to work this, this our schedules out for a couple of months now, and I'm so glad that we're here. Mm. So you can find me over on Instagram. I hang out there at Hey Jessica Gray. And you can find me on the Aligned AF podcast. And you might hear, you won't see a familiar face, but you'll hear a familiar voice uh, coming out when Gemma, Gemma's episode drops too. So thank you for having me, Gemma. Fantastic. Well, we'll link everything up anyway in the notes. So if you're over on iTunes on the website, anything like that, then you can go grab the links, go on over and please go and follow Jess. Like you, like when I read your posts that you like what you put onto social media, she's got such a beautiful way with words. She's a gorgeous storyteller. So I think that just like, and very truthful and very honest, which I think is incredibly refreshing and exactly what we need more of in our life. So she's definitely someone you want to hit follow on. So thank you for joining us today, Jess, and for this beautiful message you've been able to share with everyone. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And another like beautiful outro. I'm going to be riding on a high with all your kind words today. As you should be, darling. As you should. Thank you. All right, beautiful Manifesting Mums. That is a wrap for this episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. You know we love it when you go and share a screenshot of yourself, um, whether you, you know that is camera to face, talking about this episode, or just screenshot the device that you are listening to this episode on. So please go ahead and do that and tag both of us at the Manifesting Mums at, at Hey Jessica Gray and share what your biggest breakthrough aha moment was, what it is that you picked up over on your Instagram stories. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you listen and connected to this episode. Wherever you are listening to this, have a beautiful day. I can't wait to connect with you again on the next episode of the Manifesting Mum podcast. <laughs>